This is the Overclocked Podcast, a regular-ish dose of video game music and conversation from ocremix.org. This week, we get equipped for the return of the Grand Robot Master Remix Battle Competition, enlist the aid of our old pal Steven for an interview with Alexander Brandon, see what has appeared on the Retro VGM Radar, and check out a playlist of rearrangements used in games. I'm Pat Penn, and I'll be your host for parts of episode number 90. I know Keskitalo wanted to try his own hand at hosting and editing, but didn't want to take on a full episode, so I took on the intro, outro, and playlist at his request. You could look forward to his voice in the Remix Rewind and Retro VGM Radar. Hope you paid attention to the intro. That's right, Steven is back doing another interview. These are not the conversational in-tune interviews, which are also great and definitely one of the highlights of Volume 1 of this podcast. These are more condensed and edited interviews. There's a few more coming in future episodes. This is all very exciting. Keep listening to hear more about Alexander Brandon's Just Fun custom album. Now let's talk a bit about something that is also exciting. The Grand Robot Master Remix Battle. There have been many remix competitions hosted on the OCR forums, but few draw as much attention as Dark Sword's Mega Man compos. The most recent entry, the Grand Robot Master Remix Battle 2018, was just announced after the last episode. Actually, it filled up with 16 participants before we got this episode finished. That should say something about the popularity of these tournaments. Here's how it works. The participants select a stage theme from one of the Robot Masters from the classic Mega Man series. They are then sorted into one-on-one matchups, where they will be given a week to create a remix, combining the Robot Master theme they chose with their opponent's Robot Master theme. Once the week passes, participants and spectators vote on which mixes they think combine the themes best, and the winner of the vote moves on to the next round. This is then repeated, and in the end, we have a winner for the tournament. The competitions have often been a great place for people to hone their skills and learn new things about making music. The enlisted participants of the Grand Robot Master Remix Battle include OCR veterans and newcomers alike. In fact, newer members of the community are always encouraged to join in, create some music in a short period of time, and receive constructive criticism to help them improve. It's a great way to grow as an artist, and to get something done. There are actually a handful of established remixers who are joining in this time around specifically because it has been a while since they last remixed anything, and that's pretty cool. It is also worth mentioning that remixes originally created in these competitions oftentimes end up eventually becoming officially posted mixes on the OCR homepage, so here's hoping we'll see some entries in a future Remix Rewind. Looks like the contest will start before this episode is out. We are planning to follow it in the podcast, but make sure to also check out the Grand Robot Master Remix Battle 2018 thread on the forums. And now, since we just mentioned the Remix Rewind, take it away, I know. Jonas Luhlmann, also known as Platonist, takes us back to Link's second adventure through the land of Hyrule with Do You Need a Light? A chiptune slash breakbeat treatment of Zelda 2's battle theme. The remixer remarks that this is a conclusion to their 10-year trilogy of Zelda forest themes, even while the battle theme isn't strictly a forest theme, but it's a fun notion nonetheless. We really like the quote, Dime Towers Forum Reviews. Here we go. I think this song goes for a specific vibe and just crushes it. Really fun and enjoyable. Stay for the unique solos and variations. But man, this is fun all on its own. Great job here by the remixer. 
no way to sit still through this one. Sean Safiansky arranges OCR's very first remix from Bioshock, titled Variations on a Lost Soul. Purple Salad translates the arrangement into a beautiful and evocative piano performance that leaves the listener enraptured. Speaking of enraptured, be sure to check out the Enraptured Bioshock Remixed album brought to you by the Materia Collective. OCR has a tradition of 4th of July posts and this was kept up. DJ Pretzel points out in his write-up that this tune was made by an American remixer, arranging an American game scored by an American composer. Gario has insights about variations approach to remixing, both general and particular to this piece. I've seen a few pieces utilize the variations form on the panel. There's a common issue that crops up too often, it sounds like multiple pieces stringed together and not like a single coherent track. This is a variations form piece done well. The transition from part to part sound like they are building off of one another and rarely does the pacing get broken from iteration to iteration. Safensky and his party of skilled musicians take on a more progressive metal approach to Trisection from Final Fantasy Tactics. Trichotomy features Tiago Rodriguez on lead guitar, Pirate Crab on rhythm guitars, Mark Papahen on drums, and Jordan Sheen on bass. And I really apologize for all of those names that I just butchered, especially Pirate Crab. Wanderer from the judges panel compliments with the following. You have succeeded in making this huge and exciting. The slight sound upgrade to the classic fake Final Fantasy Tactics strings work well to support the guitar work. 
playing your own guitar work over the source's melody worked really well to add life to the more ambient sections. This arrangement is also featured on the Materia Collective album Zodiac Final Fantasy Tactics Remix, so be sure to check that out as well. Featured in the Robots vs. Knights competition on the OCR forums, Yorito brings the synthwave vocoder goodness with shovel power. This energetic electronic track combines the Planes of Passage theme with the Clockwork Tower stage music into something fans can really dig into. Rolex gives us the following comment on the phone. As someone who is an unapologetic 80s era music lover, I could not approve of this synthwave Shovel Knight remix any harder if I wanted to. I especially like how well Tinker Knight's theme lends itself to a more upbeat treatment here. Fantastic beat, voxy vocals and great teamwork between the synths and percussion. This is awesome dude! Reaper is in favor of this one on YouTube. The chorus sold me on this 80s remix. I'm glad it doesn't stray too far away from the original tune, mostly because the original tune is already the epitome of catchiness. from Jake Kaufman as Timaya's 222 brings us a Middle Eastern flavor to this glitch hop remix. The game is Shantai and the Pirates Curse, and the title is On Fire. The drums and traditional instruments bring a nice rhythm that's perfect for belly dancing. Pretzel makes a comment on Mr. Nguyen's growth as a remixer. I can never say enough good things about how Timayas has developed and grown as an artist, trying new styles, refining both his arrangement and production jobs, and all while still in school, quantum chemistry and thermodynamics known as mad props. He really has been on fire.
taking a more somber approach to Tornado Man's theme from Mega Man 9, Laura Platt brings us Waltz of the Wind God. This brief solo piano waltz drifts in like the gentle breeze from a butterfly's wings, that over time will someday grow into a raging typhoon. The artist in their submission letter notes the challenge of adapting the original to waltz time and says the effort was worth it, achieving a more flowing and fragile side to the original quite chaotic and fast-paced theme. I've wrote a review of this piece in the forums, so let's see how that reads out. A beautiful piece. I love the treatment of the source here, taking a high-energy Mega Man level track into something delicate, fragile and somber. And yet the parts are all there in the source material itself. I also appreciate it does what it intends to do and nothing more. One more thing I like about this piece is how the tempo changes naturally. The range of the tempo is quite large and it sounds confident and works great. DS brings a dark ominous atmosphere to the world of Undertale with Caster's Legacy, a haunting solo piano piece that features cameos of other tracks including the castle theme from Super Mario Bros. DJ Pretzel complements the performance. The performance is really critical in selling the arrangement, adding the requisite ebb and flow to both timing and dynamics to lend a brooding, sway and palpable sense of something ominous lurking just around the corner. On YouTube the user called not giving my name quips, so Caster ended up in a Super Mario World castle, and this thought apparently gives Lucas Kane nightmares, him saying, that thought alone is giving me the chills, no sleep for me tonight, well we can tell this is evocative stuff. It has been nearly three years since the last time the Dragon Quest series has been featured on OCR and Deeper in the Heart is the first remix from Dragon Quest 7. Blue Lighter arranges a warm and intimate piece with stellar performance of Katamari, Chris Amaterasu and Arvaganth that sound like it would fit right in in the fantasy setting of the game.
Many cheers of appreciation were voiced on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube for this arrangement, including from Vespervidia on Twitter. What a beautiful cover, I hope more music from this game gets more love. And Erk123456 on YouTube, man, one of my favorite Dragon Quest songs. This is an unexpected treat. Let's rest our ears for a little while longer in the sweetness of this arrangement. is a cocktail mixed up by Rosovian, with ingredients from two Zelda games, Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker. DJ Pretzel picks up a Caribbean vibe between this and Rosso's previous posted mix. Nick Sold and Dylan Ford on YouTube link into the soundtrack of FTL and Dan Cooper hears early another soundscape feel in the tune so once again an evocative arrangement we are talking about here. Uffe von Lauterbach says on the forums a bit upbeat from the original source. It still retained its mellow feel though. The only thing missing here is a cold glass of tea and a nice breeze. Offening cannot avoid Rotaka comparisons, getting two From Software tributes posted in a row can make that happen. This is the first one called The Ashes Judge, and the original hails from Dark Souls 3. Speaking of judges, here is some analysis from Dragon Avenger. The opening starts out pretty triumphantly and there is a mix of emotions throughout as the track progresses. The main motive is definitely the highlight here, playing and being altered throughout and juggled between the various instruments. There's a lot of techniques I recognize from various orchestral pieces I've heard throughout college, which is pretty neat to hear being applied here. DJ Pretzel notes that the track has an unsettling, uncertain mood and that it oscillates between triumph and darker themes, 
giving the overall piece a sense of being larger and longer than the modest 4 minutes it occupies. Indeed, this is a powerful evocative arrangement that feels like it carries a narrative within it. Ophanin's second offering comes from Bloodborne and is called The Children of Yarnum and I just looked up how to pronounce that from a Bloodborne form so maybe that's correct. While both the pieces could be labeled with the cinematic orchestral category, they are very distinctly different. Perhaps the former could score a battle scene with many twists and turns, while this one feels like a tone setter in a Burton movie. Final Gamer James on YouTube is also reminded of a renowned composer for Tim Burton's films. Wow, this is very reminiscent of Danny Elfman. I love it, has a strangely uplifting Novemberish tone, despite its origin, really nice stuff. Judge Mindwanderer has particular praise about this arrangement. This is how you orchestrate a simple source, heavy use of the original melody, but each time it repeats it's layered or altered into something completely unique. Pulling over 5 minutes out of that simple loop sounds like it would be tricky, but Matthew makes it sound not only easy, but natural. Dragon Roost Island from The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker gets a rocking out by Toxic's Eternity in The Swagging Dragon. The tune begins with prominent acoustic guitar, however the hard edge of the drums hints at the metallization to follow. DJ Bretzel describes this quite well in his write-up. We start off mellow enough and you wouldn't necessarily guess that the dragon was eventually going to be swagging quite so hard. But things become increasingly metallic, drums get meatier, power chuggits ensues and distortion reigns. I like how this all gets dialed in first with the electric guitar and then with layering and rhythm parts becoming more aggressive.
have to quote Ubrick Meta Knight from the forums at least once in our lives just for the username alone, so here goes. Very neat treatment of a fun, if frequently covered, source material. I've always liked Dragon Rules Island, and while I feel there are quite a few arrangements of it out there, I definitely dig this different take on it. That's the immediate word that comes to mind when you hear Snake Buster by the band Sinray, remixing the Snake Man and ending themes from Mega Man 3. Let's hear why you should pay attention, courtesy of Dime Tower on the forums. They too fur deep into some fantastic handling of coarse horse material. Really impressed to see this group extract this much fun and rocking out of these two teams. Transitions were crisp, bordering on amazing, and there's multiple sections of unique solos that aren't just random riffing but seem to be a natural extension of the core theme. A must for anyone who enjoys metal and all Mega Man. Voyager G0 on YouTube gives what I think is a high compliment. You mean this isn't the original song? Because it sounds as great as I remember the original all those years ago. Fantastic job. Do check out the video by Shinrei, please find it in the remix write-up on OCR or in the show notes. Next up is Ubi Serge. The credits theme of Secret of Mana is under arrangement here. This one comes from the Resonance of the Pure Land, the album. And the title is No Cab, Fan Pride, Boku no Infinite Top the Gaiden. Jay Pretzel says, This arrangement flies along with hairpin textural turns and plays filthy electric guitar against articulate turntablism with flute, piano, sample plenty, some vocalizing, a fabulous funk foundation, and a chewy nougat center thrown in for good measure. I also like DJ Pretzel's notion that the music is a lot like Prince meets Frank Zappa. wants to have Sir Jay's incredibly funky babies. Do check out the full album mana.ocremix.org
Digging into Memories is a Shovel Knight slash Mega Man mashup, featuring a narration from a voice familiar from this podcast. Of course, it's Stephen Kelly, and there's also some crunchy guitar soloing from Furoresu. I have no idea once again. The whole crazy thing is helmed by, you can guess it, Yorito. Write-up, Yorito gets much-deserved accolade from DJ Pretzel about uniqueness and perseverance when it comes to his remix concepts. Chimpasilla in the panel is particularly a fan of spoken word in remixes and says, what an interesting approach. I am one who loves vocal clips in songs as long as they are cohesive and tell a story and they fit in nicely here. The arrangement is great. Expect some hate for the vocals but you'll get none from me. The parts are performed wonderfully and the mixing is tight. Love it. Retro VGM Radar, the segment where we share interesting things related to retro video game music we have come across recently. My name is Eino Keskitalo, and today we cover a couple of utterly fascinating retro gaming podcast episodes and vintage computing YouTube videos. These are about well-aged game soundtracks or old computer audio hardware. You can find the links to these in the show notes. First, a couple of additional stories. Let's get into it. Intellivision is coming back as a game console and Tommy Tallarico is the man behind this comeback. In short, Tallarico says that the aim is to bring back the sense of playing together in the living room, the family fun he recalls Intellivision being about back in the day. The machine will not be about competing with the current Microsoft, Sony or Nintendo hardware, but to provide perhaps simpler gaming experiences with a lower threshold for enjoyment. I personally like the family angle of playing games a lot, Uh, it feels fresh and I'm eager to hear more. More information should be coming out in October, perhaps in time for the festive season. The machine will also be able to emulate their old Intellivision games and will have an online store to buy them and other software from. Also probably worth mentioning is that Tallarico has stated that there will not be any sort of fundraiser for the console. Thanks to Phoenix Down for pointing out the story and to the Retro Hour podcast covering the story with some excellent commentary. I feel like mentioning that the episodes 68 and 69 of this very podcast contained a lengthy and entertaining interview of Mr. Tallarico mainly focusing on video games live. Installment of Retro VGM Radar, we featured an album partially fueled by Family Tracker. Now we have another album filled with tasty NES sounds. 
Brother Android, also known as Harrison Lemke, has composed an album called Cave of Blinking Lights. The blurb on the Bandcamp page is actually quite nice, so I will read it out now. Sounds from a mysterious dusty cartridge. Label mostly torn off. No entry on game facts. So perhaps the instruction how to approach this music is as if it was a lost NES game soundtrack. The liner notes also say that this music has been recorded from real hardware to a 4-track cassette recorder, which I think is worthy of a minor geek out at minimum. I'm personally familiar with Brother Android from making the music to Daniel Remar's game called Hero Core from 2011. Uh, it's a flip screen exploratory shooter game with a stark black and white low resolution pixel graphics. And the soundtrack is weird and fairly wonderful. If that sounds at all intriguing, I highly recommend checking this game out. Super Dangerous Dungeons is a short and sweet platforming challenge, uh, evolved from a browser game and recently it has been put out on Steam. At 4 euro price point the short length, pleasant play and good but not overly difficult challenges are perfect for at least my tasters. Uh, the reason I wanted to bring the game up is that it has an authentic Super Nintendo soundtrack made by Kung Fu Furby. Uh, not bad at all, especially the later dungeon themes, they're really great. Uh, the pixel art is also quite of that era, so worth checking out. And the next, next I wanted to highlight a couple of interesting podcast episodes. Uh, first one is Super Makado Brothers once again, and this time they have an interview with Team Fallin. From this interview we particularly learned that Team Fallin is an incredibly humble guy, especially when you contrast that with the extremely high appreciation Fallin fans give him. Uh, Super Makado Bros are also such fans and part of the fun is listening to them being incredibly excited about getting to interview Team Fallin. As always, uh, since the bros are also musicians themselves, they have some interesting things to say about Fallin's music. Um, uh, it's highly, highly, highly recommended that you check out this one. Even just for the music alone, you get a good primer for Tim Fallin if you don't happen to be aware of this guy. And of course, the tales he tells of making the music way back when, those alone are worth the price of admission. Next up is Pixelated Audio, which is a video game music podcast where the crew usually goes through a single video game soundtrack. It's usually retro, it's usually a bit on the obscure side. Uh, in other words, at least for me, it is quite often something that I haven't heard about before. Personally, I drew a fondness for Sharp X68000 music through their episode on Granada. They also do these mini inspections of sound hardware of the game's platform, and it is really informative and might cause further nerding out for the listener looking for additional information and musical examples from the net, just a small warning based on personal experience. Uh, for instance, the Sharp X68000, uh, the YM2151 chip. Uh, that's probably now my favorite chiptunes chip. Uh, I've since learned that, for example, the Ultron arcade machine, uh, it has the same chip. So you might learn something when you listen to this, this, uh, this podcast. Um, the, the pixelated audio is great all around, but the most unique selling point is that two things that when when they are combined, they also do composer interviews, 
And since one of the hosts, Brian, is fluent in Japanese, this equals interviews of Japanese composers that you don't really get anywhere else. Noriyuki Iwadare, uh, who composed the Lunar series, uh, that's a particularly fun one. They have been going on for 100 episodes now. They just released the 100th episode, and the Milestone episode uh, covers the PlayStation 1 Crash Bandicoot games uh, with the composer Josh Mansell on board. Uh, Mr. Mansell makes for a great, fun interview, and it's a worthy episode if you're a Crash fan of you. If you actually like me, you don't really know anything about the Crash Bandicoot. Um, a particularly unique twist of the episode is that Mr. Mansell actually brought uh, these pre-console mixes for the podcast. Uh, so those are not the mixes you hear in the game, but there's like the original mixes that were sort of scaled down for PlayStation. So definitely something you want to hear if you are a fan of the soundtrack. Quick note on Retronauts episode 154. It's a bag full of goodies with Fantasy Star developer interview and a look at three Sega soundtrack vinyl releases from Data Discs. But the particular thing that I wanted to highlight is that it's when Jeremy Paris goes into this enthusiastic praise of the Streets of Rage 3 soundtrack. This uh, like a hard-hitting techno score was partially composed with the aid of random generation of melodies, and the result has been um, a bit controversial among among VGM fans. And it's a, hearing a soulful defense of the music. That's that's. I thought that was a lot of fun. I personally had not given a proper ear for the soundtrack before, so I, I consider myself educated. Last time on Retro VGM Radar we covered the Retro Island Diskettes podcast, um, which is in half made by Retro Man Cave. Now from Retro Man Cave's YouTube channel we shall mention a couple of recent videos that are on the topic of music and vintage computers. Uh, this is a, the, I really, really, really like this channel in general. It's very informative and it's also relaxed in tone. Um, it's really pleasant to, to just spectate. It, it's really great to watch. Um, um, search for Retro Man Cave on YouTube. Um, uh, you can also check out the links to these particular videos in the show notes. But let's let's briefly describe these two. The first one is really quite fascinating. It concerns computer programs recorded on vinyl records. Uh, the, there's one particular specimen examined here. Uh, it's Pete Shelley's long play. Excel one from 1983 and the final track there is a program for ZX Spectrum. Uh, when you transfer that to tape and load it up on the Spectrum, uh, it works as a music video that plays along when you listen to the record. And if that sounds at all curious to you, it's very much worth watching these two videos. Uh, the second one is a walkthrough of the Amiga DJing setup of Mr. Ravi Abbott. Uh, what Mr. Abbott does, uh, he uses two Amiga computers, I believe they're model 1200s, and he plays tracker music files between them like a DJ uses turntables to seamlessly mix together two tracks playing on each, um, like matching the beat, um, switching channels off, on and off that you can do in mod with, with the tracker files and those sorts of things and this is a this is a brilliant idea it's a massively fun idea if you're familiar with tracker music you quite possibly had an aha moment right there it makes sense but i highly recommend checking these videos out again there's two videos there's one that um, there's an explaining explaining and demonstrating the setup and then then there's a like a small DJ set in the second video. Those, I, I highly recommend this one as well. So, so those videos are found on Retro Man Cave on YouTube.
that is all for Retro VGM Radar for now. Remember to check out the links in the show notes and good night. My name is Alexander Brandon, and I am a composer, voice actor, sound designer, and president of Funky Rustic LLC here in Georgetown, Texas, a full-service audio production house. You probably know Alexander Brandon as the composer behind Jazz Jackrabbit, or maybe Deus Ex. But not so long ago, he kickstarted a compilation of eclectic music called Just Fun. Now Just Fun Custom, a follow-up that highlights personal requests from the top Kickstarter backers, can be found on Materia Collective. Alex breaks all that down. Just Fun is a project that grew out of discussions with Jimmy Henson, also known as Big Giant Circles. And he's an incredible composer. Uh, most recently, some of his stuff showed up on Stranger Things 2. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Henson uh, had done something called Glory Days, I mean, I think he like raised like 60K plus for that Kickstarter. And I was like, oh, I'd really like to do this. He introduced me to Andrew Aversus' book, uh, Zircon's book about how to run a successful Kickstarter. And he coached me through meeting all these Twitch streamers. And that led to what Just Fun was. It was, it was, uh, the original idea of Just Fun was that it wasn't serious. It became a little more serious than that. It became like this very successful Kickstarter. Uh, raised about 25 and uh, that was more than I expected to be honest with you and that that covered you know the production costs of the album and collaboration with a bunch of people that I had respected over the years I mean I collaborated with uh, Danny Baranowski Jimmy Henson Andrew Aversa and his wife Jillian did she did vocals on Oath of the Matron and then Just Fun Custom the top 10 backers for Just Fun contributed $500 and their award is a custom song and so I asked each and every one of them hey uh, do you mind if your stuff is released as a separate album afterwards with a story behind your requests. And that's uh, that's the story behind Just One Custom. So what kind of music did the backers request for Just Fun Custom? That's a good question. Which is why I asked it. bunch of them were around the previous games that I'd worked on, like Jazz Jackrabbit 2, Unreal, Unreal Tournament, and Deus Ex. I mean, those are the games that I'm still, uh, still, you know, mostly known for. And just to be able to work on that number of projects that people really had so much fun playing is, is, is great. But the other ones, like some people have been following me since I started writing mod files back in the early 90s. And so one, uh, Court Stratton, I think his request was for Hope 3, and I had written two other Hope songs. Uh, you know, and they had nothing to do with games. And I was just blown away by the fact that he had been following me for that long and was that interested in my non-game stuff. There's a section towards the middle and end where I get this sort of rush-sounding drum, tom, and Alex Lifeson guitar riff going. And when I had that going, I was in a seriously happy groove. most involved requests is from uh, Andy Goth. And Andy requested sort of a Spanish guitar sound, but also mixed in with actual Game Boy chip stuff that he provides. Like, so it's sort of a jam. All these songs can find a new audience through Materia Collective. Alex had a chance to look back over the years and see how the publishing climate for video game music has changed. We're sort of back to the 80s, right? Like you've got these barriers to entry that all have to do with the amount of work you're willing to do in order to support and grow your fan base, more or less personally. You know, there's not TV commercials and massive Vimeo channel stuff going on. It's, it, is, it is very much bootstraps 
uh, getting things off the ground. That makes it difficult because you're not just creating the content and leaving the business somewhere else. You have to take a vested interest in the business of your music. Playlist is a regular collection of listener-submitted recommendations so we can all discover music together. This episode's playlist was video game music that is a remix of other video game music. Green Hill Zone Act 2 from Sonic Mania, originally from Sonic the Hedgehog and submitted by Mr. Jack Barton. Mr. Jack Barton comments that he thinks this track breathes new life into the tired old Green Hill Zone thing. Magical Sound Shower from Turbo Outrun for the Commodore 64, originally from the original Arcade Outrun, and submitted by Aino Cascatalo. Aino submitted the track with the comment, here's a tune that is definitely a remix in the classic sense. Castle from Eve, the Ocean Kalgana, originally from Wanderers from Eve, submitted by Jurito. Jurito said when submitting this tune, gonna go with some Kalgana again, which, as a remake of the version I grew up with, is pretty epic. Magmu Caverns from Metroid Prime, originally from Super Metroid, and submitted by Patchpen. Big Arm from Sonic Generations 
originally from Sonic the Hedgehog 3, and submitted by Black Doom. Crystalline Chill from Final Fantasy XV, originally from Final Fantasy, and submitted by Steven. Heaven, Nuihiko Hibino Remix, from Persona Fu Dancing All Night, originally from Persona Fu, and submitted by Phoenix Down. Thank you for listening to episode 90 of the Overclocked Podcast. Next episode's playlist theme is Mega Man. In honor of the Grand Robot Master Remix Battle, submit your favorite tune from the Blue Bomber's vast legacy. Thanks goes out to Stephen Kelly and Alexander Brandon for the interview segment. I know Cascatalo for Retro VGM Radar, scripting, and hosting the Remix Rewind section. Phoenix Down for scripting and the lyrical wisdom and to everyone who submitted playlist recommendations, comments, and feedback. And thank you for listening! You know, give us a tweet with a playlist submission or a general comment about the show. We are quite active on the OCO Discord server where the podcast has its own channel, so join in for discussion and perhaps even contributing. This episode's lyrical wisdom. Super fighting robot. Mega Man. 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 What a show!